Welcome to The Steadfast Life from Jake and Witt over at SteadfastLifeCoaching.com. Witt and I love sports, adventure, coaching, faith, growth, and above all, that fascinating space where all five come together. Let's see what that space has to offer us today. Welcome back to The Steadfast Life Podcast, and uh, welcome. If it's your first time, we're glad, we're glad you're here. It's always exciting to talk to our fellow like-minded, life-pursuing, mindset-managing fans, <laughs> people that enjoy the podcast. And when I say we this time, I'm not just joking around. Whitney's really here. Hi. We talk so much on here about the idea of beliefs being optional, not requiring evidence or not being obligated to a certain belief because of evidence but because of a choice that you're gonna make about what serves you best and what's best for your life. Well, this is a really big deal when it comes to the past and looking to your past and, and what you make the stories mean. Well, many of you know and have heard and seen lives and Facebook posts and read, read newsletters about the, all, some of the stuff that Wit's been through in, in her life, but we wanna go a little deeper than that. We wanna go beyond the the weight loss and the stopping drinking and the um, adjusting to a blended family and the stuff that we talk about a lot. We want to really pull back this curtain a little bit and let's find out what makes this woman tick. <laughs> so I know Whit, that, that you talk a lot about your dad. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your dad. He is uh, a very likable guy. Um, if you were to meet my dad, he makes friends everywhere he goes. He was a ranger in Vietnam. Uh, if you see him, he's always wearing a ranger hat. Always. He has a great sense of humor. He loves to laugh at his own jokes, and he loves to make other people laugh. He laughs at my jokes, too. He does. I think you're one of the few people that he thinks is genuinely funny. Yes. <laughs> so he's got a great judge of humor. Okay, go on. Yes. Uh, he's a great storyteller, and he has a great attention to detail. I can't count how many times he will walk down a hallway and he'll see like a leaf, like a random leaf or a piece of lint and he'll pick it up and he'll throw it in the trash where most people, including myself, will just walk right past it or not even notice that it was even there. And then the other thing is um, Arnold Palmer. (laughs) Uh, Whenever we go to a, a restaurant, he always tells the waiter, I would like an Arnold Palmer, please. And that is half iced tea and half lemonade. And a lot of times I would say, Dad, I think they know what an Arnold Palmer is. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, another part of his story is that he served the country. Mm-hmm. And it had a pretty dramatic effect on his life and your childhood. What's your, what's your story about that or what's your experience of that? I have said before, and I'll say again, that many heroes did not come home as, as in war that happens, right? Um, there, there are a lot of people that, that end up dying on the battlefield, and my dad was one who um, didn't come off the battlefield the same, and his, his life was never really given to him after Vietnam. 
Yeah, it's so true. So, so many people didn't come home physically, and so many people just never really came home. Yeah. And what did that look like in your house? Yeah, so it meant a lot of a lot of uh, flashbacks, a lot of memories, um, nightmares, uh, and then I, th- I think the biggest one was his drinking. He he coped with it all by by drinking, uh, and it was never something that he really grasped how to cope with outside of alcohol. And I could always tell when he had been drinking because his ranger hat that was normally on straight would be tilted off to the side and his glasses would be halfway down his nose. And it was just an instant trigger or an instant awareness that um, things were not going to go well. (laughs) (laughs) That that the same man who normally had attention to detail was not paying attention to details anymore. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I I can imagine that being difficult to then be sort of living a life as a kid. So you're young at this point, right? Yeah. And you're looking at always having to assess which which man is it? Right. Is it is it the man? Is it the fun man with a good sense of humor that will one day think Jake is hilarious that has his ranger hat on straight, or or is it crooked hat glasses down, and just your ability to assess which one of those is which? What what kind of experience did that create for you as a kid? Well, I didn't know anything different. Uh, I had all my memories until I was 15 were that way, not knowing which version I was going to get. And it really made me question my, my ability to be a good daughter. Um, the Mm. meaning that I assigned him not being able to stop drinking was my performance. If, if I could just be a good enough daughter, then I would get more, sober version dad (laughs) right and so I think it was a lot of I didn't know this at the time but I think it was a lot of pressure I was putting on myself which decision he was going to choose there was one specific incident I remember really vividly I was I was cleaning our house vacuuming and I was so excited because he had just gotten gotten through going to a VA facility that he'd gotten into and it was a rehab treatment uh, that was that was a really big deal. And all up to this point, he had tried quitting both on his own and through medical help and um, different facilities and none of them were successful. And all up to this point, he had he had told me time and time again, you know I'm this is the one. I'm I'm really gonna, leave the drinking behind and and we're going to be a family and things are going to get better. And for some reason, this specific time, I believed him without a shadow of my without a shadow of doubt. And so here I am, cleaning, vacuuming, getting our house ready, helping my mom, watching my brothers and sisters, just imagining and anticipating this big celebration as he walks in the door and he's sober and and then you know it's the starting point of a new family um just just a a new new memories and as i'm vacuuming i look up as he's walking into the dining room and the first thing that i notice is his hat is crooked and his glasses are halfway 
down his nose. And the devastation that I felt in that moment was very intense. I I didn't, I felt like my breath had just gotten taken out of me. Like someone just took my feet from underneath me and I dropped the vacuum and I ran out the door. It was a tough, tough lesson, tough, tough memory. It makes me emotional even just like hearing about it, thinking about the disappointment, especially from a daughter to a dad. So the reason I wanted to talk to you about a specific memory and bring it something like this was to, to get in touch with that, you know, something very tangible, very real memory that's inside of you and, and sort of push on this idea that all of it can be reframed, that, that you get to choose what you believe about that. Because when I hear that story, that, that sounds bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like a yeah. negative story, but I know you now and, and I know how you manage your mind and, and, and how you grow. So was, was that a, a, a bad story or, or was it an empowering story? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for most of my life, I looked at it as a horrific story. Um, hence the my own drinking journey and my own uh, weight gain story and dysfunctional relationships with men. And um, thankfully, I am here today because I can look at that story and know that there were incredible lessons and there was um, healing from that that allowed me to have the life that I have now. So so what does that day mean to you now? It, it means that my value doesn't come from another human being. That the the young girl then was looking for her validation, her value, her safety, her comfort to come from her dad. And my my view of it now is that it 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 can't because it's it's always going to be disappointing and it's always going to be shattering in some shape or form. And so I know where my value comes from and it's such a freeing lesson, a freeing gift to have that unfortunately I, I learned, you know, and, and I think as a young kid, you don't know that you're putting right. value in, in other people, but um, I'm so grateful to have learned that because I know a lot of adults still are learning that. It's very powerful. So so on that day, you kind of had that bad experience with your dad. You had that disappointment. You felt that feet knocked out from under you, dropped the vacuum, ran out of the house, went to safety at the neighbors. And and then from that moment, you just started learning this lesson that now your worth comes from, <laughs> from inside. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So much heartache that would have been saved. No, not at all. There were thousands of disappointments, thousands of uh, hard lessons that I continue to learn um, because the truth is that I didn't learn it then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, a notch on my belt that was evidence that I'm a victim to life and life hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very, I think that uh, I think that middle school students think that about anything that happens. 
Sure. It doesn't even have to be that, sure. that bad. So yeah, not surprising yeah. at all that, that that's where your head went with that information. So middle school, you didn't learn the lesson. So it's still good. You know, I'm almost relieved because that would have been impressive if they do pull that off as, okay. a, as a seventh grader. Uh, so, but now let's go forward into, go forward into high school with the lesson still yet unlearned. Yeah. Right. You know, one, one notch on the belt, like you said, but many notches required before this lesson becomes concrete. Yeah. So how does, how does it look in high school? Yeah. So my heart hardened. Like I had made my mind up that day that going forward, it didn't matter what my dad said. I will never, ever need my value to come from him. Mm-hmm. And so that really hurt our relationship, which is a different, a different story. But it made sense that my value will come from my peers. And so what that looked like was Going into high school, I was, we moved, we moved from a small town of 600 in Nebraska to a mountain town of 7,000 in Colorado uh, my freshman year. And so I got involved with everything. I was on the board of student council. I was JV basketball my freshman year, um, homecoming queen every year. Senior guys were asking me (laughs) to go to prom with them my freshman year. It was just, I was so focused and determined to perform and that my validation would come from my peers. And and it seemed like it was. I mean, you had everything going for you. Everything was coming the right way. And so the the validation was there. So you just felt perfect love and... (laughs) <laughs> everything going well yes <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no it, it doesn't work that way oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> no it was a lot of pressure um I remember feeling so much pressure and inside just feeling dead feeling so angry and confused and and uh lost but this drive, this unquenchable hunger to perform, to have that validation. As you could guess, it led to some unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and how, did those, how did those unhealthy relationships, uh, you have an example of when that sort of reignited the lesson? Yes, I do. I remember specifically being in the girls' locker room right after volleyball practice, and I was dating a guy who uh, all my friends were saying, why are you dating him? You are so much better and he's not even that likable and all the things. And I was constantly standing up for him and he's getting more and more popular. And so one of my teammates just flippantly said, you know he cheated on you this last weekend at a party, right? And I felt like someone punched me in my throat and punched me in the stomach because I was humiliated that I was dating a guy, standing up for him, and then felt totally betrayed. And so I I remember going home, texting him, and and um, us being in a conversation where he's now turning it around on me, saying, how dare you accuse me uh-huh. of cheating on you, and, you know, you're crazy, and, and all all these things that were just, you know, painting a totally different picture, and feeling him pull away in that relationship when, in my mind, he had all my value, and so I felt so vulnerable and so 
lost. Like, how is this happening? How mm. how could this be my my reality? Especially with him turning it on to you. Here you are angry at him. Yeah. And and all of a sudden now feeling him say it's it's you that's crazy and yeah. you that's breaking this up and yeah. So it, I mean, it kind of goes to a dark place. But I I came to my house. I went into my bedroom. I took a whole bottle of ibuprofen, and I was ready to just go to sleep and not wake up because it was stirring up a pain that was so familiar from my childhood Mm -hmm. that I had already faced. And I felt like I don't have any more to give. I don't, I can't go through this again. I don't have it in me. And in my brain, it made sense to just take it in control and, and say this, like I'm tapping out. Life's mm-hmm. just, it, it won. Life won. Wow. And so uh, what happened? Because you're here. Yeah. So <laughs> thankfully my mom uh, had an instinct to come in and check on me, which she normally doesn't. I was rushed to the ER and the doctor said that I was a, a living miracle because I was within seconds of not living, not even being able to, to be revived. So I would agree. Sounds like a smart doctor. I think you are a living miracle. yeah so i want to ask you something you know the the way we're going with this is just to go look for for the meaning and 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 look for how do you choose to frame that what's the belief that you have around this obviously negative sounding event but but that it's in the past it's not happening now and you're free from it and all all the stuff that we talk about on here but i'm actually more interested to hear about sort of an imaginary experiment where if you could go back in time like you you now on this side living the life that you live now and and let's say you could go back into that hospital room mm. and and speak with yourself like offer some encouragement to yourself or yeah. or share some insight with yourself what what would you say mm. that's that's tough um, it's tough because the amount of pain that we feel in the moment, it's almost like there's no amount of words that can, you know, that can fuel us. But I would say that, that we make it, that all of this is exactly according to a plan that allows you to have an amazing life. I would say that I love you, Whitney, mm-hmm. unconditionally, and that none of this has any reflection on your value or your worth. And I would say that we have some tough lessons. We have some tough roads up ahead, but don't quit. You're so strong. You're so incredibly courageous, and it's all going to be worth it. Yeah, I I think that's really powerful, and I love hearing you say that. Just because of the idea that if I look back into that hospital room, which I don't like to do, <laughs> because <laughs> I love you so much now, but I know that that young girl was really seeking her own love, mm. and you are her, and, and and here she did ultimately get it It, is what I love about this story that that you know always a work in progress I think with any human being but you you love you now I do now yeah and it's been an intentional work 
it has because prior to doing this work, all I would see was evidence stacked upon evidence of why I'm not worth loving Mm -hmm. and why I'm broken. And who could love someone who has all of this baggage that creates tons of shame and confusion and and it just made me loathe myself because I was making it mean that I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And and what does that look like now? Like I know this is something that you that you're still working on because as any of us, this is something you ever stop yeah. growing into. Definitely. And I know it's it's come up again recently, like taking it to new levels, not obviously dropping back to that place, but looking to elevate your relationship with yourself. How has that been showing up recently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think even recently I had a, another breakthrough on a, a story I was unaware of that I was telling myself about myself <laughs> that was uh, from my past um, of the old identity that I still am, you know, chipping away and, and renewing on a, on a daily basis. And so um, what it looks like now is, is still having those incredible breakthroughs and continuing to renew my mind of, of who I am and the love that I have for myself. And in result to all of that, that continuous growth and work, we have a, a six-figure business that is scaling to a million and we'll keep growing from there. A, a thriving marriage that we have that is Christ-centered, which was so important to me. Just so many blessings of, of a life that I intentionally created because I was willing to do the work and, and learn to love myself so that I could heal. I'm considering calling this podcast Wit Search for Meaning. <laughs> and, and I love it. And, and and the meaning is is the idea of we've all got this history, but we get to choose the meaning. We we choose what purpose it offers us, what what meaning our life has, including all of those things, not in spite of them, but but including them all. And so what is what is the meaning of, of your journey? If I were to sum it up in one word, it would be redemption. And I think it makes me emotional because I didn't deserve the life that I have now. I, I don't deserve it. And who I am today and, and how amazing my life is today is not a result of me making the right decisions or having the perfect, perfect life or finding the perfect path, it was in result to a redemption that would allow me to keep taking the next step, Mm -hmm. no matter how beat down I felt or how scared I felt. And, And I think that redemption quality was the fuel that allowed me to believe in what could be possible. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite visuals that that comes from our faith. It is the idea of you, like I can see Whitney surrounded by this bubble. <laughs> you know, I just see like a <laughs> like a kind of clear force field, right? That's just 
you know, God's power just surrounding you. And so there's all this negativity, some generated by the outside world, things that are completely out of your control, some generated by you, errors that you oh, yeah. yourself made and, and, and stirred up in this thing and, and everything in between, you know, that, that, that can happen in those spaces. But everything that happens, no matter, no matter where the storm began, <laughs> right, it has to pass through this bubble before it can, it can reach you. And as it passes through the bubble, it's redeemed. And by redeemed, meaning it becomes for you. It's for your growth. It's for your encouragement. It's for your improvement. It, it makes you better. It makes you stronger. That framework is what allows me to look back on my own past, for you to look back on your own past, and say, I don't have to figure out by some sort of scale of, of cultural wisdom what was good and what was bad, what was positive and what was negative. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. because I choose that it all passed through this redemption force field, <laughs> right? You know, however that, that is in our mind, however we're going to frame that, it, it is our mindset it is, is the idea that we choose to believe it's all been redeemed. And so if I want to believe it's for me, it's for me. And I, I love that you said redemption as that. I think that's right on the money. And I think that is the linchpin that can take a past like you're describing a past where when you were in that hospital room, you did not feel lovable and didn't feel deserving of love. Mm-hmm. Yet the fact is that you love you then. And I think that so many people listening can have that same experience that you look back at your past. You look back at all the evidence of all the moments when you thought, no, because what I have done makes me now unlovable. Right. But from where you are in the present, looking back at those moments, you see that person and you think, I love you you're you're loved and then to know that that extends into the future as well so all the things that we're experiencing now in the present that we think might make us unlovable there there's a version of us in the future that's going to look back on this day Mm -hmm. and love us just the same and you realize you know what maybe it doesn't depend on any of those things maybe i'm just lovable just because so i remember specifically i was reading beth moore's uh get out of the pit feeling so inspired, but at the same time, so on the border of that same hopelessness I felt in in high school. Um, I was 27. I was homeless, so to speak, uh, staying at my sister's husband at the time's mom's house, like living on her couch. (laughs) (laughs) And had a totally different idea of what my life would be like at the age of 28. Um, barely making any money, barely able to contribute. And I woke up and I felt this, this, this level of heaviness and anxiety that was so real that it felt like I could just grab it and there would be something in my hand to grab. And I literally got out of my bed, fell straight to my knees. And I just started praying that prayer. God, take this away from me, and I promise I will spend the rest of my life helping others through this. And it's so, such a strong memory in my mind because it's not that that moment all the thing, all the cards just started falling in my direction, but they did start to have more of a domino effect. And my passion, just like you know, Jake is to take this work and help other people with it that it is my life mission and so i'm i'm so incredibly grateful that i'm 
that I'm at a place where I'm healthy enough to be able to understand from a very compassionate and relatable perspective for all of our past clients, current clients, and our thousands of clients to come in the future that there is no circumstance and no past that is so far beyond reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really, really grateful to be able to be a testimony to that message. Thanks for joining us today. It is always our hope that this little journey together leaves you feeling empowered, inspired, or simply stirs up your craving to live a little bigger. If you want more, you want to go deeper, you want to ask a question, or you know someone who might be able to access more joy with a little bit more steadfast in their life, then please head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and let's get connected. Have fun out there.